Our second reading today is from Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 1 through to verse 10. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Amen. Well, let's pray. Our Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and its reminders to us its encouragements to us, and its rebukes. Lord, we pray as we consider your word today that you would help us to understand it with clarity and draw us closer to you and to your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel is precious. We need to hold on to it. Now the only thing that actually makes you a Christian at all is that you have accepted the gospel message. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. That's the gospel message. And you are a Christian if you believe it. You are a Christian if you are trusting Jesus to do that very thing. It's a simple thing, isn't it? Perhaps you don't yet believe it. Perhaps to you it's too good to be true, or maybe it's just too easy. It's true that there is more to being a Christian, but there isn't more to salvation. That's the power of what Jesus Christ has done. If you are trusting Jesus alone to rescue you from your sins in the present evil age, then you are a Christian. You are saved. And you will be with God in eternity and share in all the wonders to come. The trouble is that sometimes the gospel gets added to. It gets tweaked. And sometimes the tweaks are subtle. Uh, Sometimes they are more obvious, but it happens. It happens because of worldly influences. It happens because the devil does his work. And it happens 
even because of sinful influences within ourselves and within the church. And does it matter? Yes, it matters. More than you think. In our passage for today, Paul is writing to the Galatians. He has already reminded them of his service in Christ. He is a messenger sent to the nations by Jesus Christ himself, carrying the message from Jesus Christ. He's been travelling the nations, planting churches, spreading the good news of what Jesus has done. At some point after planting the churches in Galatia, word came back to Paul that something was amiss in those churches. Things were going astray. Some people had begun to pollute the gospel message, to twist it and rob the people of the truth. And So Paul, caring for them as he did, writes to the churches in Galatia to bring them back on track. Verse 6 says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Well, he starts off by saying, you are deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ. Who are they deserting? Paul? No. He's just the messenger, not the one who calls. The one they are deserting is God the Father. They have heard the good news, they've even accepted it, but what they are doing now is rejecting it. Now to them, this different gospel is a new and improved version. They thought they were actually becoming better Christians. Perhaps they are even thinking they are drawing closer to God. But the reality is that this different gospel is no gospel at all. If it isn't the gospel of Christ, it is a lie and it will not bring life but death. This is the seriousness of the matter. To stray from the gospel is actually to stop being a Christian. To stray from the gospel is to reject Christ's salvation. To stray from the gospel is to turn away from the Lord who called you. We need to take hold of the message of Christ and never let it go. The source of who is doing this to the Galatians is not clear. Theologians have many theories but no certainty. But the most common thought is that these were Jewish Christians asking the Galatians to adopt Jewish practices to become real Christians. We might call such people Judaizers because they were making others adopt Jewish practices. But interestingly, this is not likely to have come from outside the church, but from those within it, from people who claimed to be Christian. And the same is often true today. If the church is to be led astray, it will usually be through those who, uh, to every other sense, appear to be Christians, appear to be knowledgeable who seem to be carrying an authentic message. It can and does come from within the church. Paul says these others have the Galatians confused. They don't seem to understand all of what these others are saying, but they are accepting it nonetheless. 
And so on their part, there's a blindness in their actions in going along with whatever these others are saying. And so these others must be talking with some authority and knowledge. They are convincing. See, some of the most sinister and grievous alterations to the gospel are made by those who have searched the scriptures and found things. They've discovered new meaning. They've worked it out. And they are so certain of these things that others, even if they are confused about it, simply accept what they have said, never really recognising that the salvation that is so, off, so freely offered by Christ is being stolen away. See, the Bible, there's a lot of stuff in there. And there's a lot of history. There's a lot of things from before the time of Christ. There are things about the nation of Israel, things about the way in which that nation was to order itself as a shadow of the things to come. And there are prophecies, many fulfilled, some still to be fulfilled. There is room for confusion. There is room to be led astray. I mean, we know this because the Jews have the same Old Testament as us, don't they? Exactly the same. And yet when they read it, they see nothing of Jesus. They have no gospel understanding at all. It is possible to stray from the gospel and still think you're being biblical. Of course, to do that, you must turn a blind eye to all that Christ has done. But that's exactly the matter that is in hand. To stray from the gospel is to turn a blind eye to all that Jesus has done. To read the Bible without the context of the gospel message. Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. The Galatians were being led astray by those who misapplied the Old Testament and did not centre their understanding of what the Scriptures said on what Christ had accomplished. And today, it's not just the Old Testament that has been misused, but also the New. For example, at the end of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, from verses 9 to 20, is actually a section of Scripture which is disputed. If you go to the oldest piece, pieces of scripture, the oldest copies that we have, those verses aren't there. And yet, uh, some churches place great emphasis on Mark chapter 16, verse 17, which says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons they will speak in tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Now it's true that some of these signs were things that accompanied the apostles and others on rare occasions. But some people have taken these words to say that unless you can do these things, or unless you can do even some of these things, that is, cast out demons, heal, speak in tongues, hold snakes or drink deadly poison, then you aren't really a Christian. 
these things become additional qualifications for being accepted as a Christian. That is to add to the gospel. That, that is to say that even if Christ gave himself for our sins, that we must also do something. We must have some other gift. Are those who cannot be healed of disease lacking saving faith? Is that how we should look at it? Are those who cannot speak in tongues not saved? Such ideas add to the gospel. The thief on the cross stands as the obvious counterexample to such folly. Uh, there's a good video clip on YouTube from Alistair Begg uh, where he talks about the thief on the cross and what the gospel meant to him. Because that thief had no time for a deep theological explanation of salvation. He had no time to lead a reformed life. Uh, he did not speak in tongues or cast out demons. He he didn't have any great knowledge apart from this one thing. Jesus said he would be with him in paradise. That's what he had. That's all he knew. And now you can imagine this thief rocking up to heaven and he comes before an angel standing at the entry to heaven and, and the angel says, why are you here? How is it that you can enter? And the only answer he can possibly give is the man on the cross in the middle said I could come. Now ask yourself that question. How is it that you can enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, Alistair Begg in that video makes the point rightly that any answer at all that begins with I will be wrong. Your reason can never be I spoke in tongues. I cast out demons. I was better than the next guy. It can never be I repented. It can never be I said a prayer. It can't even be I have great faith even if that faith can move mountains. The only answer that will stand will be, Jesus said I could come. The gospel is only ever about what Jesus has done. But once we start adding to the gospel, it isn't the gospel anymore because it actually starts to shift the credit away from Jesus and onto ourselves. It downgrades what Jesus has done. And it makes demands on you to accomplish things in your life in order to be saved. That's not much of a rescue if you have to do the work, is it? But we're good gospel Christians, right? You're in this church because you're a gospel believer, right? This couldn't possibly be something that you would do. Well, I've seen it, even in gospel-believing churches. I've seen a man covered in tattoos come into a church and then he was quietly told after the service that he didn't belong there. 
I've heard of families forced out of a church because their children were a little unruly. See, as you draw closer to Christ and your life is changed, you can start to think that every Christian should meet the standards that you now meet in order to be counted as Christians. But by doing that, we make the gospel about the thoroughness of our repentance and the extent of our reformed lives and not about the grace of Christ. And then, it is no longer the gospel at all. The gospel is simple. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. That message is constantly at risk, even from within the church. So we must hold to it firmly. Paul says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. See, the true gospel is what the Galatians first heard from Paul. The true gospel is what they first accepted, and you have all heard it too. And if you have accepted that gospel, do not be convinced by anyone who tries to alter it. Not even me. It doesn't matter who it is. Not even if it is an angel from heaven. Uh, there have been those who have claimed such things. Uh, Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormons, claimed to have seen an angel who gave him a new message and he added to the gospel. Ellen G. White claimed to have received visions and dreams from God and she founded the Seventh-day Adventist Church and she added to the gospel. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, claimed to have received God's word from an angel who visited him and he completely threw it all away, just like the others. Of such people, Paul says, let them be eternally condemned. Paul says, even if it was him, even if Paul rocked up in front of the Galatians and said, look, I know what I said before, but there's also this. I have a new and improved understanding of what Jesus told me. And he himself should be eternally condemned. You see, the gospel was received by Paul from Christ and God the Father and he passed it on to the Galatians and that message is unalterable, irreplaceable. Those who alter it or replace it deserve eternal condemnation. To those who are perverting the gospel amongst the Galatians, Paul says, let them be eternally condemned. Uh, there is room in what Paul says for repentance and forgiveness on behalf of those who have done such things. He doesn't say that they are already eternally condemned. He prays that it may be so. But, he, but he's praying this 
in order to free the Galatians from the destruction that they would face. He would rather God bring down destruction upon those who are misleading them, even if that was himself, so that the Galatians might enjoy the grace and peace that comes through Jesus Christ alone. May they be eternally condemned. Now Paul says next, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Perhaps Paul's simple message, which really required nothing from the Galatians except putting their trust in Jesus, was seen as people-pleasing by others, as pandering to the Galatians' own desires, not really requiring them to go back and fulfil all of those Old Testament laws. Maybe... Maybe those who were confusing the Galatians had said Paul was going too easy on them. But what Paul says here is clear. He is not seeking the approval of men. If that were the case, he would just say, well, go ahead. If you're comfortable with it, if you think you can do it, if it's not too much of a burden, go ahead. But what is happening amongst the Galatians is an unwinding of the message that Paul brought on behalf of God. And it would be remiss of Paul before God not to make it absolutely clear to the Galatians that the path they are headed down is a path that goes to destruction. Paul lives to please the Lord. He is a servant of Christ, an apostle of Christ and God the Father. And his role is to make sure that the Galatians know the gospel, remember it and hold to it. And if he is to please God, then he's going to be disruptive. He will accuse and he will even condemn others so that the gospel message itself prevails amongst the churches. People pleasers don't act that way. They swing with the inclinations of people as people change. But Paul is not going to move an inch and he's willing to suffer for it and willing even to condemn others when they give an inch. Paul seeks to please the Lord. He is the Lord's servant and must deliver the message as it was given to him. To divert from that task would be to sin against the Lord. A seeking to please men over the Lord will always lead a church astray and away from the gospel. Always. Now, there are some places that would teach that if you love God and you seek to live a good life, that that makes you a Christian. But it doesn't. That isn't the gospel. And worse still, it makes Christianity about doing good and not about finding forgiveness and mercy by the grace of Christ. It excludes those who see a need for Jesus but find church to be a place of do-gooders. Such a message is told because it makes people feel content. It makes them feel happy about their lives. It makes them feel sufficient in themselves to make it all the way to heaven. It is people-pleasing 
but it's a lie and it's displeasing to the Lord. We must hold to the gospel message and not let it go. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. It's a simple message, but it is always under attack. It is under attack from the world. It is under attack from the devil. It can even be under attack from within the church. But we must hold to it and to the purity and simplicity of the message. To add to it or take away from it is to turn it into no gospel message at all. To turn it into something that leads to destruction. So how do we hold on to this message? Well, the first thing to do is to remember it's simple. It's not confusing. It's not complicated. You need saving from the present evil age, which you have been a part of. And Jesus has saved you. It's done and dusted. It's all over, bar the grand entrance into his heavenly kingdom. If it gets complicated... Return to the simplicity. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Now secondly, remember, everyone needs saving. Everyone. Even you. We live in the present evil age and we are part of it, contributors to it. We need saving. We need God's mercy and grace. We need forgiveness. And if you don't have it, you perish. But finally, and more importantly, remember it is all about what Jesus has done and never about anything else. It's not about how well reformed your life is. It's not about how strong your faith is. It's not about what others think of you. It's all about what he has done. Repentance is called for. Faith in him is needed And your life will end up being changed and these changes should be evident in every Christian. But only Jesus saves. And without him, there is no salvation. It is him and only him. Always has been and always will be. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus, who has rescued us, who gave himself for our sins, that we might live forever with you. Our Lord, there are many times in our lives where we have wondered whether there was more to do on our part to contribute to this salvation. There have been temptations for us to stray and wander from the gospel. And there are many, Lord, who stand opposed to your gospel message and would have us learn something different. Lord, protect us from such people. Secure your message within our hearts and our minds. Strengthen us in Jesus Christ himself. We pray these things in his name. Amen.